This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening, guys. Welcome to episode 196 of the And He Takes That Chance podcast. As you can see, there's no Matt. Matt is Injured, Danny Ward style, and in yeah. true Darren Moore fashion. We don't know when he's going to be fit again. We can't talk about it. It's up to the medical team, but I think he's lurking in the background, Matt, so he's never far away. Joining us tonight, live from the good US of A, we've got Mr. Jerry Hinnon. Jerry, you're going to back on after Norwich, mate. Another dismal effort, another defeat, mate. And you're back on, and you must like coming on after a defeat. <laughs> well, apparently. Uh, but the nice thing is, you know, yes, we are coming on after a defeat, but we've got two actual positive performances. Well, in some ways, even there are some positives from the Leicester performance. It's not as bad as it could have been. It's definitely not like coming on after the Norwich loss. Like that one, it was a struggle to find positive things to say. This one, at least, you know, we can go back. We can talk about Blackburn. We can talk about the performance against Burrow. Um, you know, so it's not going to be quite – you know, the panning for gold where, you know, we've got this uh, mountain of dust that we're trying to sift through and find positive things to say. Uh, thank goodness, uh, you know, after the Blackburn game, we, we won't have to dig quite so deep this time around. No. Jerry, a bit of a veteran on the uh, Annie Takes a Chance podcast, <laughs> but a podcast virgin losing his virginity tonight. <laughs> uh, with us is Will. Will, may debut, I hope you've... Uh, Warmed up right. We don't want to do any hamstrings in the first 15, 20 minutes, mate. And uh, <laughs> you medley and getting taken off, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks, Cosy. Nice to be on. I've uh, I'm quite a long time listener, but I've never actually been on the pod before. So yeah, looking forward to my debut. Hoping it's uh, yeah more Steve Mounier than let's say Yaya Sonogo or something like that. looks a bit like John Worthington, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I'm ginger. <laughs> No, Scott Arfield? No, I don't know. I've had Kevin DeBroyner a few times. Warm welcome. So, yeah, we're sponsored uh, by Magic Rock Brewing. Matt normally reels off some beautiful things here about 
what's available there. But yeah, we know it's a great place to go and drink and that as well. They're popping up all over the place. So use code HHTTT10, 10% off Magic Rock Brewing and that as well. So it's just flashing up on the screen and that as well. So before I start, I just wanted to dedicate tonight's uh, podcast to a guy who left us uh, in between Christmas and New Year. And this guy is a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. So you're probably thinking, why am I dedicating this to this guy? The guy is called Steve, uh, known to many people as Beastie. And this guy was an absolute top guy. The guy used to do, uh, Steve used to do a fanzine uh, called, War, I think it was War of the Monster Chucks, a big Sheffield Wednesday fan, absolute massive character as well. But one of the nicest guys you'll ever, you'll ever meet and... Uh, one of the, I don't know if anyone remembers the incredible 4-4 draw uh, with Jordan Rhodes scoring in Hillsborough. I think it was the 97th minute or something ridiculous like that. And uh, Steve wrote, he would just used to write some more incredible like match reports. And uh, honestly, this was just like unbelievable. Like I mean, the town fans, some town fans might remember even even reading it and that as well. I, I'm going to have to find it and kind of retweet it out as well. But Steve were a top, uh, I mean. You know, he knew a lot of town fans as well and made a lot of friends, but he was just larger-than-life character, loved life. And uh, I'll never forget when Forestieri's uh, penalty was saved by Danny Ward and obviously Sheffield Wednesday community were in distraught, other sealed town fans in ecstasy. But one of the first messages I got were from Steve saying, go and win it now, go and get promoted and that as well. Just a great guy. We formed a great friendship, just like tweeting each other, texting each other. He really enjoyed the other sealed town ride in the Premier League because Steve was a guy that liked, you know, kind of <clears throat> uh, David and Goliath's stories as well. So he was a really good guy. And again, he would nice kind of return the favour for Steve. And uh, I know he was just diagnosed with cancer just before uh, the Sheffield Wednesday Barnsley playoff final. So it was kind of, I think there must have been someone shining down on him when uh, obviously Windass scored that goal in the last minute of uh, extra time. And then obviously we kept Adam Moore in from there and, Again, there's a lot of interaction between me and Steve as well, and Steve's kind of sticking up for him, but coming out with a lot of the things that a lot of town fans know now and that as well. And even up until before Christmas, we were still chatting away. And, uh, yeah, just absolutely sickening news uh, to hear that Steve passed away, uh, Beastie, as he's known, in between Christmas and New Year. And uh, it was that well thought of that even Shuffle Wednesday's uh, official Twitter feed put out this uh, beautiful... Uh, tribute to him and that as well. And there's Steve like at the front of the cop, you know, proper Wednesday night there, you know, yeah, great guy. And it's hard to believe like, uh, you know, I'm just like texting him, last, tweeting him last week about things as well. And absolutely going, just a top guy. And uh, he just, honestly, I just think there's something just shining down in that. Obviously bad news for us, but they won the next two games uh, after Steve passed. And I just think like it's just a fitting tribute. And yeah, good, Steve. I'm going to miss our interaction, mate. We'll, We'll never know on Darren Moore. I think a lot of town fans have cast their own as well, mate. But, yeah, if we can both get out of the shit, mate, I'm sure we'll take it. But as you say, mate, it's only football. It's not to be taken seriously. And, yeah, cancer claims another great guy. So, Steve, mate, if you're watching downstairs, I'm going to miss you, buddy. So, three games to go on, guys. Uh, obviously, yeah, well prepared here. That. So, I've got some notes here as well. So, it feels like ages ago, doesn't it, this Blackburn game? And, uh, yeah. I've got, these are my notes. Blackburn 352, how shit they were. <laughs> injured six weeks. Played uninjured. Maxwell off Chapman. Thomas fired up. XG, 28 touching box. But yeah, we, we kind of unraveled the game. But 
what a nice surprise uh, going in because Jerry, obviously you did the Norwich game and I remember I was surprised you did a pod to be honest guys because it was pretty much doom and gloom. I couldn't believe it when uh, you popped up on a pod. I just thought, and then Dave obviously was on it as well and he just couldn't polish the turd that day, could you? We were absolutely abysmal uh, and I thought Norwich were there a little bit for the taking really but as kind of a talk pod, we just weren't good enough. So we knew these two games coming up over Christmas at home especially were massive and my words, how brilliant and Blackburn were playing without a keeper that, you know, on Boxing Day, it really helped us. And <laughs> they were atrocious, but I think it's the first time, though, I went on Radio Leeds after just for a change, you know, I'd like to go on now and again. But I think it's the first time we've deserved to win under Darren Moore. Uh, that's probably more yeah. out of the opposition, but I don't know where we kind of get cracking on on this game, really. But um, I suppose let's start with uh, the dramatic news of Maxwell uh, going off, uh, Jerry. What did you think? Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you're like thinking, you know, you know, we weren't going to come on, and, and then you're thinking, Jesus Christ, we've got one of uh, another great ginger like Wilk just about to storm on with his gloves, and everyone's hugging him. And I just thought, Jesus, if, is this season going wrong even more now? And he did well. It, 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 when it rains, it pours. That was what, you know, I thought. It, it's, we've already had how many players on the injured list going into that game? At least 10, right? Maybe 11. Um, and, you know, now we're down. It, Maxwell's done a terrific job as the backup goalkeeper. He had kind of the one uh, dodgy performance. I, you know, I don't even remember who it was. Now they all kind of run together where we were starting to talk about, well, maybe he might consider keeping the gloves on even after Nichols returns. And then, of course, he has a bad performance. But, you know, regardless of that, going down to your third-choice keeper is just – it's like – how much more can we add on to Huddersfield uh, Town's injury luck this season? And particularly at this time of the season when we, you know, there are so many games one after another. Uh, you want continuity as much as you can possibly get it. And now we've got a different voice in the back. Uh, you know, a young, inexperienced keeper trying to keep our defense organized against a Blackburn team that for, you know, obviously we all know they struggle in defense, but we know they've got some talented attackers as well. Uh, it was just kind of a big heart and, you know, throat kind of moment where it's like, oh, you know, oh man. Uh, but Chapman, you know, obviously saw out that game really well, made a huge save against Burrow. Uh, I, you know, no complaints whatsoever about Jacob Chapman and his performances over those two games. He, uh, you know, as well as Maxwell did, you know, Chapman, again, just kind of stepped in, did his job, did more than honestly with the save against Burrow. Um, you know, town, it feels like I think, you know, whatever complaints you want to make about the rest of the squad, they have nailed the goalkeeping this season. Uh, and have Lee Nichols and, you know, as your starter, and then have Maxwell as your backup, and then apparently to have Jacob Chapman as your third stringer is uh, a tremendous bit of squad building at that particular position. Like I said, we can and will go into the troubles elsewhere throughout the squad, but uh, goalkeeping has not been the problem. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd yeah. echo that, Jerry. I think um, when Chapman came on, he it was I think it was about forty minutes, and. Uh, he took a few deep breaths and the players were hugging him and I was like, oh God, <laughs> he can't be that bad. 
Um, and he yeah took a couple of deep breaths, hoofed the ball up the pitch, and you know there was no trouble there. And then after that, I, th- I think credit to the defence because we, he really didn't have anything to do. I think there was a chance early in the second half where he kind of parried it onto a defender, went out for a corner. I mean, it was a decent ball in. So yeah, not the end of the world with that. And then after that, I don't think they really tested him. Um, so no. yeah, credit to the defence. Um, and the, the Blackport, Blackburn performance was, uh, yeah, it was Oof. a really good one. You would help yourself. It was like one of those buffets, wasn't it? On, uh, you know, you have your turkey yeah. and that. You've got your leftovers and, uh, yeah, just pretty minging and that as well. But let's talk about G Medley in the first goal. Uh, obviously, thanks to the uh, keeper. I've wrote his name down here because we need to give him a good praise. Uh, Leopold <laughs> Valstedt. Awful, awful and Swedish, I've put. So, yeah, but you know what, though? It does frustrate me that at times we town, we get near the box, we don't, you know, I know it's the old, you know, buy a ticket, win a raffle kind of thing, but it was, you know, obviously a a abysmal day weather-wise. Has it ever stopped raining, by the way, since Christmas? I don't Honestly, I just, it just seems to be raining permanently, but have a shot, grease the surface and book underneath it goes. I think back yourself, I think Edley, just frustrate me a little bit sometimes. I know he's only a young boy, but back yourself, mate, in it goes. And, uh, yeah, an assist from Sauber Thomas, who, again, over the uh, Christmas period, probably maybe not as much as in the Leicester game, but the uh, I think the both games over Christmas, again, just continued his great form. But, yeah, we won up. And then Delano Bergsog, uh, who absolutely outstanding, probably his best game in the township. I don't think, yeah. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know, talk, listening sometimes Steve and, and Dave's pod as well, because I'm one of the uh, five-pound payers as well, but... I think there's sometimes a bit of an arch critic on him and that as well. I, I think they think like we're just like bought off by some of his like flicks and tricks and he doesn't do it enough. But my, I went on a bit of a rant to be honest with you on Radio Leeds uh, after you'd be shocked to know. But like there were people saying, well, if you did that every week, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mate, if you did that every week, you'd be playing for Bayern Munich, you'd be <laughs> maybe, exactly. you know, Tottenham or something like that. You'd be able to see town. So that's why he's with us. But mate, it just. Honestly, if it weren't for Delano Bergsorg, we would be under that bottom line, dotted line by now, in my opinion, as well. And I thought he was brilliant. And the one thing as well, mate, is football. It's an ent- you won't believe it, the last couple of years with some of the just we've watched, but you're meant to get excited. You're meant to get entertained. You want to get up your seat. You want to think, oh, my God. Obviously, we'll come on to uh, Matos later on. He sounds like another guy who gets you off your seat. But we haven't got enough of them players. So when Bergsorg yeah. in that Boxing Day game were like kind of running at guys and doing flicks and tricks, I thought he's on his game here. And yeah, it don't happen enough, and we know it. And Norwich, we're ironic, Jenny. They only a few days before, obviously, he had a bit of a spat with the fans, but everyone were all in love with him again. And uh, yeah, he sets up Sober Thomas, and again, an unselfish yeah. act where he's been criticised for his selfish act as well. So, Will, I don't, I don't know, I've praised Bergsorg enough and frustrating that we can't praise yeah. him anymore because he's injured now. But it's uh, he's been big on it for us this first half of the season. Cool. It must have been a pretty grim, uh, grim bar, really. Huge, huge. He's been he's been the talisman for me so far. Him, him and Sorber, um, maybe Helic as well. But I think Bergsorg's just got that stature about him. He's he takes the game by the scruff of the neck. When he gets the ball, you often know something's going to happen. Um, I don't know if we're going to come on to this, but the tackle on him was an absolute disgrace. I thought, um, you know, a shin high, cynical tackle yeah. stopped. I, w- I wouldn't say it was um, you know an obvious goal scoring opportunity, but it wasn't far off. And the fact they went to injure him and only got a yellow card from a Premier League referee on that. Um, and then I think, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but George Saville for Millwall did very similar 
against Norwich. Um, I think it was the, uh, the last round of fixtures, and he got a straight red card. They appealed it, and he's he's out for three matches um, for the exact same challenge. Uh, it's it's literally identical. So, yeah, I was I was a bit miffed with that, and it's cost him. You know, he's been injured for the last two games, and you never know. Middlesbrough at home when we were the better side, I think that um, you know we missed him. So. Yeah, that's. But I do think you know, Delano Bergsorg's huge for us. I think if we've got an option to buy, we need, we need to do it. If it's, I think it's rumored to be a mil, a million, um, and I think, you, I think you've got. You know, I think in a good team, will I think it'd be out? I think it'd be even better. I think sure. in, a, in a team full of you know yeah. poor, well, I say poor, but there's, there's some good players, isn't there? Mostly average players. I think I think it'd be really good and. I think ideally, I think he'd be a man you bring off on the bench, off the bench, last 20, 25 minutes, win you a game, you know, cause, cause some commotions with like, because no one knows, probably he don't know what he's going to do and that as well. But I think, you know, I know we're going to delve into the recruitment and we've criticised the recruitment so many times on this podcast, but there's one they've definitely got right, Cherry, that's for sure. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, he got two points at least. Uh, at Sunderland, basically all by himself, uh, you know, just kind of pick up that loose ball that Headley brought up the field and, you know, just kind of makes a goal out of next to nothing. Um, you know, he's but he's been our most effective striker this season. Like, hands down, nobody's even close. Like, Sorba, I think, would get the title of our most effective attacking player. Uh, but Bergsorg is the guy that where you say, okay, who on Town's front line, who out of our attacking players is going to get on the ball and stick it in the back of the net? Delano Bergsorg is the first guy you're going to bet on every single time. He's been a terrific player. I do think in terms of squad building, there's a little bit of an overlap with Chroma, uh, but he's been the better option, I think, over Chroma. Now, you know, Chroma, I think, is due for a goal. He's now hit the bar twice <laughs> in the past two games. Uh, you know, one he, he's going to get himself one here in the very near future as well. And in some ways, it's nice to have two of these kind of guys that, you know, you just kind of wind them up put him on the ball and let him go. Um, and particularly in a team like Towns that is not going to do a lot of kind of like slow buildup um, and need some guys who you can say, well, maybe they'll get us a goal out of nothing. As we saw, you know, again, at Sunderland, uh, where, you know, uh, Towns were definitely not in control of that game. They were not generating lots of chances, uh, but they put Delano Bergsorg on the ball uh, he got a goal and they won the game and got three points that, you know, uh, I think a lot of the XG figures <laughs> would have said they didn't even deserve the one. So, um, you know, that's the kind of talent he has. That's the kind of impact that he has, particularly on this Huddersfield Town team. And I don't think that's the, going to be the last time we see that this season. I think there are going to be other games uh, where Bergs or, you know, uh, create something that's not necessarily there and gets down a result that they don't necessarily deserve. And that's something that this squad, I think, desperately needs. Yeah, but he played on injured from what I've been uh, hearing. So that's just poor from, you know, I know if he wants to play on, he'd be having a big game, but good costers. And again, nothing. This is, I think, what's frust frustrating with Darren Moore. Where'd you start? He couldn't even write a book. But one of the things that really frustrates me, you don't get to know any time skills with anything, does he? When he's coming back no. injured and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, but I think he's been taken for a scan. I mean, he could be out for a month, which would be a big blow for us as well. And I mean, he's not even a striker, Jenny, but he's been asked to like play. You know, yeah. in that role, and uh, I don't think he's let anyone down. I think you know, if you're doing a kind of a player of the half year, you probably put Elliot there, Thomas, and I don't think Bergsorg could uh, be far behind me, and that's well in a, you know, mm. 
But he was really funny because, like, I, I was like defending him big on Radio Leeds, and then Oggy yeah, kind of butted in uh, to the conversation. Said he, Rich is just that like Dutch players, and he kind of reeled off Janino Bakuna and people like you know Dean Gorey and, and back, going back even further mm-hmm. and stuff. Kind of saying, yeah, they're just temperamental and he kind of the passion as well. So the fact that he like had a bit of a tete at Carrow Road with the fans, you know what I mean? It, I don't, there's someone who gives a shit there, mate, and and that's what we need right. more of these kind of players. So. Yeah, I uh, I was pleased to have it see I was day in the sun and uh, I'm going to kill the back now. And at the end of the game, he came over with his shirt and gave it to a little uh, little lad uh, at the front, and that's what I thought were nice. And then singing and dancing with the uh, with the cow shed lol at the end. So really good. So pretty good. I'm going to move on Middlesbrough in a minute, but proper good. Not to see his name on that sheet, and uh, obviously we'll come on to that in a minute as well. Will I want to ask you about David Kazuma because he went to wing back for this game and he's obviously carried on playing there as well. And uh, again, I think you know. Rudely missed him off there as kind of one of our better players uh, this year, but it's not probably his favourite preferred position. But he's got a good engine mate. Obviously, he, can, he likes a tackle, passing's a bit a miss, but I don't think he's let anyone down in that position. I'm saying he didn't unbox him there. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's, he's done a good job there. He's um, you know he's a high energy player and he he can put a tackle in. And um, yeah, I think I almost prefer him there than midfield. Um, I think he, he he sort of gets a gets at the left hand side of the opposition quite well, and he can you know set pass the ball a bit better than someone like Matty Pearson. I know Pearson plays right centre back or right back, but when he gets the ball in a system like this, you basically know he's going to punt it long and we're going to lose the ball. Whereas with someone like Kasumu down that right hand side, he, he tends to kind of pick out a striker um, and yeah helps with that sort of pattern of play that we've got going at the moment. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a thing. I don't know the exact stat, but when, when we play Wiles, Hogg and Rodoni as the middle three, we tend to get a result. Um, I think we've, four of our wins have come with that midfield three. And when others are involved, which obviously has to include Kasumu, we, I don't think we've won a game, um, maybe, maybe won one. So, yeah, I think at the minute he's good there, uh, right wing back. Um, ideally, we can bring someone in that is a natural right wing back, but um, I don't know how realistic that is. Um but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm happy with Kasumu for the time being. Um, put it that way. Yeah, he had a big uh, game as well. Again, 28 touches in their box over, over there. 26. I know they were poor, but I mean it's refreshing. He just felt a little bit different on Boxing Day. That get oh, tempered yeah. by how bad they were. But at last, we were on the front foot. We were going forward. There were people excited. There were when we scored the third. I'm sure I saw about 10 people carted out. Uh, so Huddersfield Royal Infirmary with the shock that Huddersfield Town were winning 3-0 at home and we were attacking. And I think, you know, I've, I take blood pressure tablets myself. So, I, yeah, I was, I was a bit concerned that I might be uh, heading out there as well. But, yeah, it was quite incredible, really. When you sat there thinking, Jesus Christ, Huddersfield Town are 3-0 up after 68 minutes. And then, and then again, it kind of will come on in the middle of the game in a minute. But the only problem is your bench is absolute dross. So, basically, anyone we were bringing on, apart from Karoma for Bergsorg, you know, definitely was kind of just making the team weaker as well. And uh, Ben Wiles, who, uh, you know, did have a good game. And again, I thought he did all right on uh, on Friday. As mm-hmm. I mean, it's were Friday, but obviously cost us with a penalty. We'll come on in the Borough game in a minute as well. But yeah, all in all, we disappear on Boxing Day thinking, here we go. But the one question they did ask me on the radio was, what do you think of Middlesbrough's Friday night? And I says, look, mate, if Middlesbrough... Don't turn up. We'll 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 have a chance, but if they do, we won't. I just I just don't trust this team and squad whatsoever. I just think if anyone's on their game, Ed of us, I think if it's like they're they're on. I mean, it stands to reason, obviously, we're twenty first, but 
I just thought we were all about Middlesbrough, where the Carrick's boys would turn up and, uh, you know, that were the key on Friday. We'll move on to Friday's game now on that as well. So, again, the biggest, I don't know about you guys, but quarter to seven uh, on Friday night, I was like, Bergson, where is he? I'm like looking at the bench, he's gone. You know, Chapman, I think we pretty much knew Chapman were going to start, didn't we? And that's well, yeah, I don't think yeah. he come back from I'm an hamstring injury so quick as well. And uh, yeah, then, okay, the game starts and then Will, Johnny Og goes down, mate. And uh, yeah, the uh, the signal's given and off he goes, mate. And it's just, honestly, yeah. what is going on this season? There's a few people no, in another group, another WhatsApp group that I'm on kind of thinks there's something more sinister in it. I know we've had other seasons before where different managers, different training injuries, you know, did one run him into the ground, blah, blah. I don't know what you could put. What is going on, mate? Injury number yeah. probably 11 was that, wasn't it? Hogs yeah. up. It was poorly, though, wasn't it? it was, I think it was an illness rather than a than an injury, which uh, obviously kept him out as well at, at Leicester yesterday. But it's it's always a blow in it to see your, your captain go off, even at his ripe old age of 35, mate. Yeah, I, I think you. I was going to mention that. I think it was illness rather than injury. So, um, but obviously ruled him out of the last game as well. Um, yeah, it's one of them. When it always seems to be the case when you're doing poorly, everyone goes down injured. Everyone's ill. No one wants to play. Um, when you're doing well, when in past seasons when we've done well, we've barely had an injury. Um, so I don't know if it's just luck of the draw, if they're being overtrained, um, or if. Like, like you say, it might be something more sinister players are dipping out. I mean, um, I know Warnock had a go at our medical team when he first came in about Danny Ward. Danny Ward hadn't played for a while and he, he said that the medical team were kind of overprotecting him, gave Danny Ward a ring and uh, said, are you, are you fit to play on Saturday? And he was like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> so, so sometimes I think maybe they're overprotected. Um, but like I say, it does seem to be the way at the minute that everyone, yeah, they're dropping like flies. Um Having said that, we have had more of them back recently and in turn we have been seeing better performances. So maybe we've had our bad luck with injuries and it's about to get better. Um, and if, if it does, yeah, better, better players to choose from, hopefully upturning results. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. The thing is, Will, though, that the game, uh, we kind of followed on, didn't we? I thought there was a good atmosphere in the ground. And, we're, and again, hmm. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we were on the front foot uh, I think we had 16 shots to their nine at the end of, you know, 25 touches in the box, Chrome at the bar, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Dale Marsden says their performance don't make points. They did unboxing, they didn't on Friday. And uh, yeah, we'll dissect the game a little bit now on that as well. So obviously we're going at half time, uh, Jerry, nil, nil. What, what, were you, what were your thoughts? I thought, I mean, the good round of applause off, which you don't normally get with town games these days. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> unless we're winning. So I think that told you all you need to know that we were. Uh, you know, doing the business and uh, yeah, looking good. I was thrilled. Um, the Blackburn performance is one we have seen at least a couple of times. We saw they played really well against Ipswich right at the beginning of Moore's tenure. Uh, we're a little bit unfortunate not to draw one of the best, or excuse me, not not to beat one of the best teams in the division that day. They had a very good second half in Southampton, who are now you know, making a big promotion push as well. Um, you know, we ended up getting a very deserved equalizer for Ben Jackson, which, you know, that shot was a little bit fortunate, but town won hundred percent deserved that goal, deserved that result. Um, and then, you know, both of those games, I thought, well, okay, here we go. We're going to push forward under more and, you know, uh, we're, we're going to start going up the table. And both times after those performances, they sank down into the muck and it, you know, back into bothering the ball and, um, you know, things got 
miserable. So, you know, after the Blackburn game, which, uh, you know, Sorba's goal in that game, the second one, the third one is awesome, but the second one where it's like, okay, they have truly gone for it. They are in control of this game. I'm, they, they better win. I'm fully in belief that they're going to win this game. That was the most excited I've been watching this team since um, Rudoni scored B West Brom at the beginning of the season, right? And that was early September, late August. Like, it's been a long time since I've had that kind of rush of joy watching Huddersfield town. And it's like, okay, let's build on this. I don't want to go back to this North performance or this Preston performance or these other sorry, miserable showings that we've seemed to have every time they've started to take steps forward under their more. Um, and so that first half against Burrow, even though, you know, uh, obviously they gave up the, <laughs> ridiculous chance that I still can't believe Jones uh, whiffed on there in the first half. It's kind of like, well, you know, I can't say town deserved to be ahead after giving up that chance. But first of all, credit to you <laughs> for getting back and actually clearing that ball off the line. A lot of players would have quit running after that. They would have just said, ah, oh, well, that's in the back of the net and quit. You'd have kept running. And when Jones whiffed, you was there to actually clear it. Second, Karoma did hit the bar. I, you know, really unlucky. I think he's on his left foot rather than his right, which is a little bit unfortunate. If we just sort of do the mirror image and he's on the other side of the box, I think that ball goes in the net 10 times out of 10. Um, but they played well. They went after Burrow. They were playing a talented team at home, and they were on the front foot. You know, whether they were down one nothing or tied or up, that was a performance I wanted to see. Yeah. Like, okay, they didn't just have 45 good minutes. They didn't just have 90 good minutes. We're now on 135 good minutes, right? Um, and that's a huge difference. Like, it really felt like, okay, they're building on something now. That, you know, it's not just one good showing. That Now we're, you know, one good showing and a half through. Uh, yeah. It's different. It just felt like... Things had changed from the Norwich game. I don't understand how they changed between the Norwich game and the Blackburn game, but it felt like finally things are changing. Yeah, it did, Jerry. And uh, you know what? But the town in you knows that as well as it's going, and we just have an habit that this will move up Leicester after, obviously. We seem to create, let's concede goals like first five to ten minutes of the second half, and there we go again. I'm thinking it was such a bad goal. And I think he's probably got him in Naki. I'm only. Nakiyama and Chapman will know, was there a call? You know, you're thinking, yeah. if it was a call, then Chapman just like leaves it for Nakiyama. But in the end, they looked at each other. And then Josh Corbin hooks it in and there, 2,400 T-siders go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, it's one of those goals where I think if that's Nickel back there, I think if it's a more experienced goalkeeper back there, that probably doesn't happen. Like, either the keeper comes out or there's a quicker call or something like that. I, you know, a decent amount of credit, I think. It was a very good pass. Uh, I forget, it may have been Housen who played the ball in. I don't remember. Coburn, it's a very tidy finish, not from easy angles. So some credit to Burrow on that. But I, re- I really think if we have, you know, and this is not – to take uh, to have a go at Chapman at all, uh, you know, he's just not an experienced keeper. He just does not have the, you know, I, I don't know if the word reps has crossed uh, over into <laughs> UK football vernacular, but he doesn't have repetitions, uh, you know, at this level where the ball 
moves as quickly as it does at a championship level, where you have players who can make that pass and you have to react that quickly, uh, you know, to get onto it. And it, it just felt like if we had a more experienced keeper at that moment, that goal doesn't happen. It doesn't, but when you've got uh, Robert Lewandowski uh, lookalike in Mikael Ehrlich, like, it doesn't matter, does it? And, uh, That's right. <laughs> incredible goal that on uh, Friday night, Will. I don't know what you thought, but he kind of went in slow motion, didn't he? He just kind of swiveled and he just yeah. stood there. He didn't even like run off to celebrate. He was just like stood there like canting our peak, just like turned around <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I, I think obviously the, the, the way the, the Coburn goal went in, it was deflated because it was a error really from us, but... Helic gets us back 1-1 and then the crowd are pumped. And, uh, yeah, Mikel Helic, what can you say, mate? Just uh, <laughs> sixth goal of the season, uh, that one. Uh, but it's yeah. a smart finish for a big man. Oh, yeah. We, honestly, we should think about putting him up top because <laughs> he's his finishing is as good as anyone in, in the club, honestly. it's uh, I mean, he's scored since as well. We'll, we'll get on to the Leicester game. But, um, yeah, top scorer and... Yeah, if, if we put him up top, I'd look at it and I wouldn't even be annoyed. Um, but yeah, I, I think it took a deflection, didn't it, to be fair? But like you say, it yeah. was like slow motion, he hit it. So yeah, I sit in the, uh, the Riverside up and it's, I was kind of directly behind it. And uh, yeah, slow motion in off the post. And uh, from from that point, I thought we had all the momentum. Yeah, um, I thought the would win it, but we'd... let's get down to the big talking points, Will. Penalty for Huddersfield yep. or not, obviously not given, but I mean, I saw a replay, it is kind of elbow, yeah. but in this day and age, is it one, mate? Yeah, it's one of them. I think I think it is, um, purely because I, th- I think the fact that their defenders hit it onto their lad, like it's just a mess from them. Um, if, if, it, if it was a shot that was like one yard away, I mean, we, we actually saw one, um, I think it was, was it Chelsea Everton or something? There, there was a handball and he, he went up like that from two yards away, unnatural position, penalty, VAR, every, you know, and I think that would have been a penalty in the Premier League. Um, I mean, obviously I'm biased and I'm sure we'll talk about the other penalty down the other end as well. Um, but I wasn't too pleased with the referee, um, you know, against Borough. No, I, I, never I feel like, yeah, I just... I'm okay, sort of, like, on a macro scale. I feel like, you know, the sport is better when we don't necessarily hand out goals because balls happen to carry them into players' elbows and arms and this kind of thing. But we have to have some consistency, right? And that is called a handball in the box and town or award of the penalty all the time. All the time. Um, and if we're going to call it like that, we need to call it like that. Um, and... It, you know, to me, that one was at least as obvious, maybe more so than the one that they got in Millwall, where uh, you know the ball caroms off the guy's hand in the dying minutes yeah, after. It, We've, uh, had takes We've had our penalty yeah, so, season. You know, I, seasons now. We will get another Millwall. Enjoy it, mate. <laughs> I guess you back on the video. That's it. We've done, mate. No more. <laughs> I came away <laughs> thinking, like, we have to have some like edict. For all the you know officials in uh, the championship, that Huddersfield are simply not allowed to get penalties at home. Like it just, it's not. Sorry, like there's an unwritten rule somewhere. Like they just, they're not allowed. Uh, it's really the only explanation for all of this, which makes, of course, the penalty given for Borough later all the more infuriating. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big moment of the game, but I thought the big moment of the game was before that, mate. They made three changes, uh, Clark, McGree and Engel, yeah. and we didn't make one. And you know what, mate? 
there were people texting me saying he's got to change it. Change it to what? The bench were a joke. The bench, man, <laughs> There's no other I don't think it was even a league one, a good league one standard. I think he's like he's struggling down there. Pathetic, and mm-hmm. he knew before the game. And someone like Ben Wiles, let's move on to the penalty. He was knackered. He had nothing left to give. I know he's getting no. a bit of hammer in the comments. We'll read some of them out in a minute. But it's like the guy was knackered. Mate. He should have been off, but he came on. Yeah. And to be honest, mate, I'm, I keep changing my mind on this. I, I thought it was a penalty at the time. Wasn't sure looking at the replays, but. I'm just one of those who just thinks I can see if I can see why they give it, then I, you mm-hmm. know, without bar, just see one of spare and I that got what a horrendous decision given, but they yeah. chalked it off. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, take us to the penalty will itself because you've got Chapman there who could make himself an absolute hero and he did just that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, just before that, I want to say I, I really didn't think it was a penalty. I thought that the attacker saw his opportunity. Wiles kind of pulls out. I, I know he, he does you, put well, it. Which, which stand? Where did you go, where uh, you sit? So I'm Riverside Upper, so it's that was kind of directly below me, um, right, just after okay. the, dive, the dive from their left-back as well, um, just putting that out there. But, um, yeah, I think I think it was Morgan, Rod- Morgan Rogers, wasn't it? He, um, it's very clever, and, you know, they're, they're probably all taught to do it these days. Um, but he, he ends up horizontal with his both his feet into Wiles' left leg. And I just thought the referee was just instantly gave it. And that's that's what it is with town, though. It we have to, it has to be so obvious for us to get a penalty. Whereas, how many penalties have we considered over the last couple of seasons, like high boots or you know just soft stuff that shouldn't really usually be a free goal? Um, and I, for that, that for me was just a dive. Um, but the save, wow, that, that's one of the best penalty saves I've ever yeah, seen. Honestly, easily, easily for me, mate. It was sensational, wasn't it? And that as well. I know uh, Jonathan Elson, it just felt even sweeter. But honestly, there's only yeah. a town where this voodoo, bloody voodoo thing can happen. So the guy ex-Leeds who's had his penalty yeah. saved and we're going, whoa, like that, in front of him and giving him love. <laughs> I just can't, you just can't make it up what happens from that. You yeah. can't, can you? I mean, the first thing, yeah, the first thing I said was just defend it because... Chapman didn't deserve that. I was I, I was shouting, please just. I'd had a couple of beers to be fair, but I, I was saying, please just defend it, get it out, and then we go again, and we might nick a winner. And obviously, well, well, he down under the floor. You don't telling me he wanted to eat it like that, did? Yeah. Oh, completely It is one hundred percent luck. It's 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 terrible. He completely yeah. screwed up, and it went in like yeah. you know three inches over the head of I think it was Lee's who was getting back. Like he stuffed it into the one part of that goal where it was going to go in. Like didn't hit the bar and bounce out. Yeah. Didn't yeah. wasn't low enough for Lee's would block it. He scuffed it on the bounce into like a six inch by six inch window <laughs> under the bar. Bad. It's it's. it's we're at, I, was, I was sat next to Matt this game, and as soon as it was rising off floor, I thought it's in, it's in. They're not going to get back to it. And it, I think it was Ellick as well coming back or Leeds. And honestly, and then he went absolute wild, didn't he? Like running oh. towards the Riverside as though someone had abused his dad uh, or whatever. And uh, honestly, he, he just hurts even more that it like, had to be him after the penalty. That was a brilliant save, and and we were absolutely on his knees, weren't we? And uh, mm. I think we had a little Udling came on, obviously desperation for Nakayama and I think there was something just slid across the box in the huddling where I wouldn't say it were inches away no. I think it was a little bit more than that but that's all we had to muster and honestly for, what, what 
it's a weird, like, thinking, hang on a minute here, we're, we feel like we've, we're a bit hard done by. And a lot, I speak to a couple of Borough fans after I had a drink with them, and they were like, yeah, you should have got a draw minimum. But I was thinking, hang on a minute, they missed an open goal, they missed a penalty, and they're still beaten. And so, but but I don't know, it just felt weird, man. You know, it just depends how you look at it, man. It's, it was a good performance. I mean, obviously, it's an infuriating game. Like, it's one you never want to lose where you get that save from Chapman. Uh, you know, you hit the bar. Um, Hudlin's chance late. And, you know, it's a great ball from Sorba. We can say that at the very least. Like, uh, you know, Thomas just doing his thing again. Gave Town a chance there. You know, Hudlin clearly isn't tall enough. He was a little bit taller, you know, he'd have gotten his toe on it. Um, but, you know, it's, again, for me, it's one of those where I was more encouraged by the performance than I was disappointed by the result. Just because, again, you know, that was what we needed to see, that we didn't, you know, just have the flash in the pan. And the other thing, honestly, Town, it felt like to me have – gotten a few results that they didn't necessarily deserve. We already talked about Sunderland, uh, you know, where um, Bergsor scores and they just kind of hang on. Um, you know, we had one earlier uh, this season, you know, uh, the QPR win, frankly, was not encouraging where, you know, they played 10 great minutes of football at the beginning, uh, you know, put the ball in the net twice and then kind of hang on for the final 80 minutes. Um, you know, and I, I get Dale's uh, point the performances don't necessarily make points, but over the long term, I would say that they do. If Town keep playing the way they did against Borough, uh, they keep being on the front foot, they keep putting balls in the box, getting those touches in the box, creating the chances, uh, I do think the results are going to come. And so, you know, did it stink? Did it suck? Was it awful, yeah. you know, having finished that game and not getting even a point out of it? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've had so many games this season where at the end of the 90 minutes, it's just like, that was garbage. Against Burrow, that was very much not garbage. That was something that you can build on. Uh, it's not like the Norse game. It's not like the press game. One of these things is not like the other. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think um, despite the loss, it's kind of still, you know, I, I felt okay coming away from that. I felt okay even coming away from the Leicester game. I mean, no, we'll get to that in a minute. But even that one, you know, it's been worse. That much yeah. we can absolutely say. I didn't feel yeah. okay, uh, Jerry, because I just thought Middlesbrough were there for the ticking, and you can you look at their result mm. yesterday against Coventry, mate. I think they're not up to yeah. much this season, and but it was purely the bench for me that did it. I know the penalty, yeah. etc., but they were embarrassing really, and the Udlin coming on almost like kind of a sympathy vote. But just a quick one before we move on, I'll, I'll ask you that: uh, who should have been the edge of box from the town part of you? What do you reckon for the uh, when it came out? Because yeah, he had a lot of time, didn't he? Did, uh, Sorry, I'm Tim here. Sorry, I'll be honest. I, 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 off the top of my head, yeah. I don't know. No, no. it should have been uh, Peckham. <laughs> I've got to say this from that. So, oh, no. Green is born in Peckham. <laughs> we are calling it Friday, France, Peckham, Bauer. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I know. We better move on swiftly anyway to Leicester. Yeah. Got that as well. So, yeah, just. Uh, gutted really on that because I didn't think they were really good and, and when the Middlesbrough fans are telling you that they wish it about something in that as well but you know what mate Leicester City I I didn't bring, want to bring myself to watch this game I really didn't 
the credit to those that went and that as well, especially at £35, it's a probably pretty disgusting uh, price and that as well. But, you know, yeah, I just didn't think we had any chance whatsoever. <clears throat> yeah. we no. went. You know what, we played all right, I thought, overall. Uh, again, another injury curse, Jay Medley. And, yeah, I don't know, it's too big a thing to say the game changed, but there's no doubt for me when Ayina come on and... Headley, we were weakened and it cost us. And again, it's only a young guy, so I don't want to tear into Ayina as well. But obviously, yeah, Peckenbauer came in for Hogg uh, at the start and that as well. And uh, yeah, Leicester describe it on their website as a regulation and win. And yeah, I think it's just a bit scary how when you're so good, like all of a sudden they were, play- they were 3 0 up. And it's just like you're thinking, I'm going to be here. Like you've not even tried here and we're huffing and puffing. But let me get some positives though. I- here and that as well. We had 19 touches in their box, which apparently is like the third ice this season for anyone who's gone there. We obviously, at the woodwork for Crumble, we showed a bit of balls. I think uh, Matt Elliott, who was the co-commentator, obviously a great centre-back in his day. Uh, Leicester were giving us quite a bit of praise, really, because I think the, the brief was we were going to come and just bore everyone to death and sit back, which, you know, yeah, we sat back a, li- a bit, but we, we kind of come forward when we did and that as well. We had 12 shots. We had 25% position, which we probably had agreed on before the game that would happen as well. And obviously our star striker, Michel Hellick, uh, scored his seventh goal of the season. But I suppose we don't want to delve too much in this game because we knew we were going to get beat. It were, uh, it, I don't know what to think really in that as well. It was just a bit, it was good to see Lee Nichols back probably at fault for the free kick and Didi. Uh, yeah, I mean, but that first goal, that Cannon, you don't mind going behind to some quality. That, that's what I'm meaning with the Middlesbrough game, Chad. It's like that goal, yeah, when it went to cock up. But that Cannon, just, yeah. I mean, a guy who Matt in that preview that hopefully everyone's read about strikers maybe coming in, not now after that. But boom, bloody Nichols were a dive after it ring goals. It was that much of a, it was just, it just shows, doesn't it, when you've got the quality they are. It's just like one, one small error and it's in. And but yeah, just something up overall. Don't want to delve too much into this, but yeah, what it was a. A routine win, regulation win, as they called it. Really, wasn't it? I will, but it, I'm just glad yeah. it were. I'm just glad we we didn't get kind of overrun. And the fact that town fans clapped them off, and there seems to be quite a bit of positivity after the four-one defeat. Yeah. Kind of says it all. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? We've lost four-one, and people, including myself, are not too angry. Um, I, I made a point on Twitter um, or X as it's now uh, that it didn't feel four-one. Like Twitter, sorry. <laughs> Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It didn't feel like the Leeds game, for example, where we were absolutely steamrolled and it was done within half an hour and everyone left at half time. It it felt like we were competitive for like you say, I think I don't know what minute Headley came off on, but when that reshuffle I think really did us. Um Headley was comfortable on that left hand side. Then I think Nakayama went to left wing back, Lees went to the left, Aina I think he was in the middle or on the right. Um, and I think it just shook us a bit. And when Tom Cannon is literally cannoning a goal like that, and um, like you said, before before, um, before Nichols has even dived, it's, it's hit the back of the net. And I think that was their first shot of the game. Um, and it's just one of them. We'd, we'd done so well. But after that, I think that was curtains because we didn't yeah. feel 
like, although we were in the game and we were looking neat and tidy, it didn't feel like we, we had a goal in us at that point. And then no. it just got got bad to worse after halftime. We, um, yeah, started slowly again after halftime. I don't know if it's Moore's team talks. Um, if, if there are anything like his interviews, yeah, then you can kind of see why they start slow. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Helic popped up. Um, gave us a tiny bit of hope and then they kind of quashed that quite quickly after but like I say I don't, I don't I can see where people are coming from you can't come away from a 4-1 defeat thinking oh that was alright that but I think there are positives and although you know we lost to Borough we lost to Leicester it does feel like we are doing a bit better um, performance wise and there are easier games around the corner so fingers crossed Jay much yeah it, that was a loss when the fixture list came out, right? Like four games in 10 days. And then we're going away to what I think is hands down, certainly the most talented team I've ever seen in this division. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to go out on a limb and say they're the best, but like in terms of, you know, the degree of talent that that squad can bring, like Pereira obviously had a fantastic game against town. The previous game, he didn't get off the bench for them against Cardiff. Like, oh, well, we'll play Ricardo Pereira if we feel like it. Um, you know, it, it's just absurd, honestly. Um, you know, every sort of XG analytics underlying stat you looked at said that they should never have been relegated from the Prem last season. They don't belong in this division. Um, and so going to play them away at the end of four games in 10 days, where even if everybody in town squad was healthy, was going to be a stretch, um, you know, and then instead of everybody being healthy, we've got 12 after Headley went off now on the injured list. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, I, I think you're right. We can't say, oh, well, if Cassidy doesn't injure Headley with that challenge, which I'm not real thrilled about. Um, you know, I, it's not that the result would have been different, but, uh, you know, it just kind of made a deep hole uh, that much deeper. I'm, you know, it, it was one of those where afterwards I'm like, well, why am I not more upset that they lost four to one, that they were down three to nothing before they really started mounting any real chances? Uh, you know, it, it was great that they held Lester to two shots, uh, you know, in the entire first half, I think. And unfortunate that the second one of those was, uh, you know, a, a cannon blast Ha-ha, that, you know, again, I, I agree, Nichols had no chance on that one and went in. Um, at the same time, Town didn't have a shot on target in the first half. Uh, but, you know, it, it was, again, we've seen them when they've gone down earlier in the season, uh, you know, just nothing happens. Um, this time they were down three to nothing, and something happened. They got the goal. Uh, they kept attacking. Corona hit the bar. Uh, they had one or two other half chances. The really good cutback from Rodoni just kind of got deflected just past the post. Um, that felt different. Um, you know, that's just what I kind of keep coming back to is we saw one thing over the first, what, 16 matches of Moore's tenure. And it feels like these last three matches, we've seen something else. And I felt like that second half uh, at Leicester, that team, uh, you know, was, again, something that was different from what we saw those first 16 matches under Moore. Well, guys, one guy who was there, uh, and we like to do our away day vlogs, we've got Mr. Andy Jagger, and we're going to listen to his thoughts on the game. We're going to call it from the uh, King Power, but it's, is it? What is it? Yeah, he's got a Walker Stadium on it before and that as well. But, yeah, let's see what Andy's Good evening, everybody. It's game day. 
It's a trip to the King Power Stadium and a mission impossible task awaits us there, that's for sure. Um, nobody's looking forward to this one, I don't think. It could be damage limitation, could be like Holloway, 11 men behind the ball, kick it as far upfield as possible and hope for the best. We'll wait and see. I'm down in the Midlands, uh, still at the hotel. Uh, half an hour trip from here to the King Power. Spent the last few days here after uh, going to Villa Park on Saturday. And breakfast coming up, I think it may be the most enjoyable part of the day. The bookies have got Leicester at 6-1 to one on to win today. Hard to argue with that, really. Uh, the current predicament as it is with our injuries and illnesses and complete lack of any squad depth whatsoever. It's hard to see a reason why we could go to the King Power really and get anything today. But we live in hope. Town fans are a hopeful bunch and uh, I don't suppose uh, we'd be going if we didn't think something may happen. But um, I think it is a long shot today considering we obviously need Johnny Hogfit. Uh, Bergsorg needs to play. We need some outlet on the counter-attack because it is going to be a backs-to-the-wall job today, really. It's a big ask for Jacob Chapman in goals. Baptism of fire today for him. Uh, he had a fantastic game on Friday, uh, backing it up for a young kid again on Monday at the home of the former Premier League champions. is um, It's a, a, t a tough ask, tough ask for him. We arrived at the King Power Stadium, just seen the team news. Massive boost that Lee Nichols is in goal. What will help so much at the back. Subs bench, there is no subs bench, realistically. Just shows the weakness of our squad, unfortunately. And then you look at the Leicester team and the changes that they've made and the subs bench that they can still put out. It's actually quite frightening, really. But um, hey, we'll have a go, as long as the players give their all then we can't ask for much more, really. Um, got my daughter with me, Alice. She's going to give us our score prediction. What score, what's your score prediction, Alice? 4-0. 4-0. Uh, I presume that's to Leicester and not to town. Uh, but there we go. We live in hope. Um, more when the game kicks off. It's a hell of a PA system they've got here. Out come the Terriers. Let's hope for the best. Been a really positive start from town created two really good opportunities at one end and we've not really looked that open at the back either yet decent start nine minutes in take it for now keep it going 28 minutes in now town have done some really good stuff stopping leicester play they haven't really got behind us at all hit them on the counter-attack a few times headley looks dangerous down the left sober and Karoma causing a few problems up top with jack radoni just behind town are doing some nice stuff here we're nowhere near as open as I kind of expected we might be. And forcing Leicester in to be quite sloppy, really. We've really quietened the home fans down. It's just turned into a soulless Premier League ground now. Let's hope, let's hope we can keep this going. Town on the attack here. Ah, it's come to nothing. There's the first goal. Tom Cannon, I think, fired in. To be fair, it weren't really coming. Headley went off injured and it looks like it completely knocked the stuffing out of the players. I didn't realise there were any home supporters here. They've just suddenly woken up, I think. Shame that. Town have been trying really hard. 
done so many good things. Certainly can't knock the effort and commitment again. They're really trying hard. Just a total lack of number of players and lack of quality. So we made it to half-time, just 1-0 down. It's a pretty basic goal when you watch it on the replay. Nice strike, struck it cleanly from the edge of the box, but it's one ball to the edge, laid off and into the bottom corner. Leicester have hardly got out of first gear, really, then they came on strong back end. Town started to look leggy again. That's a real concern. Leicester's left to wrap this game up just after half-time with the second. This score could really bottom out a little bit as our boys' legs tire. This squad is way too thin to be playing so many games. The same players are having to do it three days apart. This squad is way too thin for that. That's not Darren Moore's problem. Darren Moore's not at fault for that. The knives will be out for more again, no doubt about it. But it really isn't all his problem. I'm not saying he's the answer, but I don't think he's all the problem. Been badly let down off the field in the summer transfer window and all that is coming back to haunt us now. The amount of players that we need in this January transfer window now, you're looking a minimum of five players to keep this club in the championship. That is a lot of players and it's also attracting players to come here and play at the bottom of the championship. That's a hell of a task. Easy as you like, number two. So easy. We're in serious trouble now with this scoreline bombing out. This could get heavy, this could get really, really heavy, this defeat. That's number three. This is getting way too easy now. Tom Cannon just strolled in behind Tom Lees there. Quite frightening, really, what this could end up. Oh, hey, up. We've scored. I think it was Josh Caroma, I think, just poked in there from the corner. Bit of a scramble. Town fans celebrated it like we've won the FA Cup. Something to cheer at least on uh, an afternoon which uh, started to turn a little sour. That's number four. Virtually dribbled past Lee Nichols. In off the inside of his post. Direct from a free kick. Town have had a go, to be fair to them. Can't knock the effort, can't knock the endeavour. Just seriously, not enough players. To be fair, it's been a, it's been a decent effort from the players. They've kept the score down to a semblance of respectability. Town fans are keeping going, keeping their heads up. It's been a fair effort, just a, a, just clearly not good enough to be competing with the likes of Leicester. And uh, serious reinforcements need to come in and fast this next week to try and keep this club in the championship. Relegation will be a disaster. Home now after the trip to Leicester. Shout out for Mikel Hellick, who scored the goal um, never stopped all game same with Sorba Thomas the usual guys putting their heads above the parapet always good players um, they just need some help now and I'm hoping that with the owner and the board um, this next month they can get their heads together and get this sorted because 
they've really, really left this club high and dry with the lack of transfers in the summer. Credit to the town fans that went today, probably about five, six hundred, I would have said. Um, they never stopped singing. They tried the best to keep the players going. And uh, we've all got to keep our heads up. It's only a trip to the Etihad next Sunday. Uh, that's one we're all going to look forward to, I'm sure. Quick shout out to Matt Shaw and all the guys at Takes That Chance podcast do an absolutely fantastic job. And without them, we wouldn't have anywhere near as much to listen to on the podcast. Um, they do a fabulous job. Credit to them. Thanks, guys. Keep it going as long as you can through these tough times as well. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. I think we're yeah, I landed the Telford sound of that as well. Uh, I think obviously anyone who went yesterday was signing up for a, a defeat, but yeah, really good. Uh, yeah, they managed to get everything right apart from giving Alec, uh, scrubbing up Alec's goal, giving it to Karoma. Come on, Andy. <laughs> oh, what's a bit tricky, but no, really good. And we do enjoy them and where they And it brings us nicely onto our next uh, kind of section, really, which again, Andy's touched on a lot there and a lot of people have in the comments all, already as well. It's just the really, yeah. Uh, January, here we go. The window's open, Jerry. Happy New Year to everyone out there as well. So I think the first talking point is something that's kind of slipped by people as, as well. So Yuta Nakayama's come back in and I think he's given us something a little bit different, uh, bringing you know, the ball out of the back and kind of starting attacks as well because, you know, I mean, obviously we'd like Matty Pearson fit, but I think the three that was, was there before was difficult to kind of get anything going there. And I think he's going to be a bit of a miss, you know, uh, for, in the uh, Asia Cup. Starts, uh, I think the group stages end on the 22nd January, the finals 11th of Feb. I mean, I don't know how strong are Japan compared to the others. So, potentially, you could be losing him for oof, the, the massive four games, which we'll talk about after the uh, kind of the transfer discussion. But it's, uh, yeah, that, that's a bit of a blow, that Jerry, all of a sudden, isn't it? The, I know the teams, I think Leicester are losing a few and others, but I won't get the violins out for them with their big squads. But that's no. a bit of a blow, not quite, mate, isn't it? Yes. Terrible. Uh, I, you know, why can't everybody be like a sensible North Americans and just run your continental championships over the summer? I ask. Uh, what's what's really so bad about July? Uh, it, it's you know, it would be not great regardless. Uh, but again, with Pearson hurt, uh, with now Headley, we have no idea how long he's going to be out. Um, Jackson, you know, just don't know. It, it really could not come at a worse time. This Plymouth game that's coming up after uh, the trip to the Eddie had, for my money, that's the biggest game of the season so far. Plymouth are one of the teams that I would look at and say, you know, it's if Sheffield Wednesday keep playing the way that they have over these festive fixtures, it's not enough to try and just keep the teams behind town, behind town. They need to try and catch up to some of the teams that are ahead of them uh, in the table right now. And Plymouth might be the very first name, uh, you know, I would check off of that particular list. That game is at home. We've seen town now hopefully have finally turn this corner. Um, that is the game. To me, that's just really the kind of make or break game so far this season. I know there's a lot of football left to be played this season, um, but that one to me is a huge one. There's more huge ones coming after that. And to not have Utah at this point in time, it's a huge miss. And I think somebody already said it in the comments. It sounds crazy. I don't think anyone would 
pinpoint center back as being like one of town's weak spots on the squad. I think actually that's one of the stronger points. They've got Lees, they've got Hellick, they've got Pearson, uh, you know, Edmonds green can fill in there in a pinch, although we haven't seen him play there very much this season. We've got Yuta, which as you pointed out, um, you know, is definitely our best ball player out of the back as well. I think he's done better than I would have expected playing on left wing back at times. Um, it's a huge miss, and I do wonder going into the transfer window if they spend a little bit on another center back because of it. Yeah, well, well, Andy, sorry, Andy said there that he thinks we need. I think did he say five players? Maybe even uh, yeah, I think he said five players. He, he thinks we could bring. I must admit, I I were three quality ones. I'm thinking four now. Obviously, last year, I mean, on I put that tw- uh, I'll say tweet X out or whatever it's now like with it. We're still honoured by the January window last year, and uh, yeah, we got Umbo right, but the rest were a debacle. And uh, Will, how many do we need, mate? Or is it not about numbers, it's about quality? Because, I mean, we'll come on to Alex Matos, which is going to be our first signing unveiled tomorrow, it sounds like, as well. And that seems a step in the right direction. But where are the positions, really, rather than mentioning any players, really? Where's most important for you? Well, yeah, just num- numbers-wise, I think we're looking at a fair few. Um, we, we're struggling to fill a bench, and when we are filling a bench, it's all academy lads with basically no championship experience. So, numbers-wise, you could make an argument for you know five, six, seven players. In terms of first eleven players, I don't think we're that far off. I think obviously we're lacking striker or strikers, so I would be looking to bring in two strikers. Um, I don't think we can be relying on Ward, who's you know he's injured all the time. Hudlin is not good enough. Uh, Harrett, you know, has been injured. Um, have we got any others? <laughs> I can't think of anyone else. Um, <laughs> no, Hudlin. No. Hudlin. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 diabolical, really, that we're in this situation. Um, so yeah, I'd be. Oh, do you know who I was thinking of? Jordan Rose. That's who I was thinking of. So um, so yeah. yeah, two strikers need to come in uh, for me, and they need to be quality. Um, and I know they're expensive, but if we don't bring in a couple of strikers, then we're just going to keep on seeing this um, decent performances, um, as we've seen recently. Yeah, and not you know. Not scoring goals. Well, there's supposed to be some coming uh, back tomorrow from a loan uh, spell with us. So my, my hope is uh, is Brody Spencer rather than Jordan Rhodes, if I'm being honest with mm. you, mate. Or me and my yeah. both, someone said to me as well, because I think Spencer had their captain's arm on, I think, the mother just before Christmas. So, And again, a full-back position, like someone said earlier, yeah, it's probably good, more doesn't reveal who's going to be fit and what have you. But, you know... Ginger Cafu, mate, he's been out for so long. Yeah. Was he even that good when he played yeah. in that second? Yeah, after the playoff season, I'm not. I won't want to pin me up on him as well. So it's sad to know. Yeah. For me, a ball playing midfielder is essential. We've banged on about it for bloody years, mate. And uh, I'm hoping yeah. that we can get something. Out. Like you said, there centre back, and yeah, let's bring him in now, Alex Matos. So this is obviously, yeah, uh, well, when Fabrizio Romano put something on his uh, Twitter X page, mate, you know it's spot on and. I think John Percy in the Telegraph's confirmed it. So that's going to be announced tomorrow. Just a bit of a, it only just broke about quarter past seven. So a bit of a crash course in reading up about him. This guy sounds really exciting, to be honest with you, mate. Uh, it's a bit of a strange yeah. story. I, I text my friend who's a Norwich fan because he's been like through Norwich since Norwich from 11 years old. Uh, highly thought of, but didn't really get much of a go in the first team. Uh, and then all of a sudden Chelsea came sniffing. So he never signed. Uh, he went left on a free in the, in the uh, uh, summer transfer window. They 
I said that what were going on down there, why did it ever get played by Wagner and, and before him and that as well? And it's all a bit of a mystery down there. But yeah, uh, one Premier League uh, sub appearance, I think, of the 90th minute. But apparently countless championship clubs were after him. Uh, he is a winger, but he can play as a forward. Apparently, yeah, someone, uh, I won't reveal my sources, but someone saw him today at PPG. Uh, not PPG can outside anymore, but it's <laughs> the, words, the three words were fast as fuck. Uh, hopefully, it's, well, it's after 10 minutes. <laughs> Get away yeah. with that, and uh, yeah, you know, I'll sit to Jerry off. It's all ready, and if we do his own singing after half an hour, on, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Though we're needing quality. We know you talk. We're needing weapons. We're needing people to to be, you know, to have a go. At people, we need. We just saw limited bits from Bergsog, and then you're thinking, wow, people are they're on the back foot of defenders. This guy just he sounds a bit of a coup, to be honest with you, mate. Sounds like there were mm. a lot of clubs after him. The fact that he's choosing choosing other real town for his. Development, getting involved with a relegation battle says a lot about the character of the, of the guy of that as well. And uh, obviously, Will, probably yeah. you've had like me an hour's worth of uh, reading up on this guy, but he uh, he sounds as though he could be uh, what we need, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, well, I didn't know who he was an hour ago, put it that way. Um, but I've read the article on uh, The Athletic and, yeah, usually when Fabrizio Romano tweets about a player, it's kind of... You can get a bit excited, can't you? Um, I, I actually read he can play centre mid as well, so I don't know if that's where we're looking to use him. Um, at the minute, I wouldn't say winger is the biggest issue we've got. I think if you consider, you know, Thomas Karoma, uh, Bergsorg, and then if we ever see someone like Pat Jones play, um, I think winger we're, we're pretty covered. Um, so I, I wonder if um, if he'll be playing as kind of like a number eight. Um, you know, maybe instead of Wiles um, or even a number six. I, I, I read that he's quite a, um, like a strong tackler. Um, so I don't know if he's going to come in in a, yeah, in a centre mid role. Um, but the fact that he's been on Chelsea's bench for the like, I think it's like the last three months or something. Um, yeah, it says a lot about him if Mauricio uh, Pochettino is kind of, um, yeah, you, using him over some of the players that they've signed. Uh, how much have they spent like? hundreds of millions and he's getting, yeah, he must be impressing in training. So, yeah, I think we could be quite excited about this one, but I'm not going to do the typical town thing of, you know, pretend I knew who he was an hour ago because I didn't. Um, but, the yeah, he, he does uh, sound really excited. I think the thing is, it's just we needed something to lift us a little bit. I mean, <clears> that Blackburn game's kind of fading fast and the Sheffield Wednesday revival will finish off with the uh, look, kind of having a look at the, the relegation picture. But, yeah, just a bit down in the dumps, really, wondering what you can get. And, yeah, well, Jerry, you don't want to pin your hopes on a 19-year-old guy who's played three minutes off, off the bench for Chelsea. <laughs> uh, we need to cling on to any up that we've got. And, again, it just I'm talking about entertainment business, excitement. Yeah. You know, I don't. we all know Darren, the most exciting guy to listen to. He doesn't exactly want you to don't exactly make you rush down and get your, your tickets and his football teams up until probably that Christmas game has been pretty dull to watch as well. So... Finally, we, it looks like we've got a guy who's, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, excited about. Yeah, well, not only that, uh, he is an exciting player. Um, what's really great, not only just about the quality that I think Matos is probably going to bring uh, to the squad, which town definitely need. I mean, in some ways, you know, we talk about, oh, well, do we need this position? Do we need that position? We need every position. We're filling our bench, you know, with, uh, you know, the B team players, guys who have struggled to get minutes at that level. We have need players everywhere. Like, you know, does Rhodes want to come back? Sure. Does Spencer want to come back? Hey, great. We've got a spot for you. You know, it's almost like 
you know, town obviously can't just spend money for the sake of spending money. But at the same time, we just need bodies. We just need players who can go out on the training field and practice and fill the bench and give or turn more somebody else to come off of the bench during a game who can actually change what's happening on the field as opposed to just kind of running around and hoping. Um, so Matos was great in that regard. It's also great to see town moving this quickly. We talked, you know, about this on the pod before. Matt has said, you know, don't get our hopes up for a bunch of guys in the door on the first day. Dominoes have to fall. I get all that. But what this shows is that town do, in fact, seem to have their ducks in a row, that we've got a coveted player uh, who other teams, uh, you know, have wanted to bring in for their squads. And town said, no, you know, They've gotten everything lined up, squared away, you know, uh, God willing, and the creep don't rise. He does actually get announced tomorrow and comes in. Um, you know, that to me is a good sign. That town, you know, that's always the sense I've gotten from, you know, the Nagel regime is that maybe they aren't moving as quickly as we'd like, but at least they have their plan. They have their organization. They are going to do things the way that they want. And where that should pay off, is in a situation like this where, you know, time is of the essence. We have to get players in the door and we have to get them in as quickly as possible. And seeing Meadows come in this quickly, hopefully is uh, suggestive that, again, these ducks are in a row and that he's just the first. We're going to get more players in the door, not just by the end of the window, but in a relatively quick uh, time frame so that Darren Moore can get the most out of them that he can. Quick one word, Will, Jordan Rhodes, yes or no? Oh, no, no for me. Um, okay, if we no, that's um, if we sign a striker not or two, bench, then... Not even a benchman, mate? Well, no. That's what I'm going to come to. I, yeah. I, I think if we sign a couple of strikers, then we're okay. Um, but if we don't, definitely bring him back for the bench. Um, it's I think it's better than having Hudlin as an option and he's obviously firing them in in League One. Um, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a different ball game in the Championship. But yeah, may, maybe as a bench option um, if Ward continues to be injured, if Harrett's injured and if our only option is Hudlin. But for me, I think we, we need to be moving on. Um, we need to be signing some quality because otherwise we're just going to be in the same spot again over and over and over again. Um, and I think, yeah, for, for me, probably time to move on. Jerry, we'll I, I think it depends on... A guy who scored 17 goals this season, we want to just cast him <laughs> aside, mate. All right, in another division, but... Uh, for me, it depends on how injured Ward and Harrett are. Um, if they don't expect them back anytime soon, then I, I think they need to bring Rhodes in. And... You know, again, before this recent stretch, I would say, well, Rhodes is a finisher. He's not a creator, right? Like, our town really creating enough chances uh, for Jordan Rhodes to be able to finish? And a few games ago, I would have said, no, no chance. After seeing these last couple, I'm like, well, you know, maybe they can actually use uh, a Jordan Rhodes who, you know, he isn't necessarily going to be super strong with this back to goal, isn't going to do a lot of pressing, isn't going to do some of the things that we need town strikers to do. Uh, you know, that's not his strength. That being said, over these last couple of games, especially the way Sorba's played, the way the team's played as a whole, uh, maybe we could generate the kinds of chances that Jordan Rose would thrive off of. So, I, yeah, again, for me, it depends on what Ward, Ward is more 
of the player I think that Town need in that role, but I have no idea when he's going to be available again. I don't know how good he's going to be when he is. Uh, for me, I would want that sort of information before I made a final decision, you know, but that's why I'm not in charge, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for now, I'm kind of with Will. I, I don't – if they sign a couple of strikers, I would say we can leave him at Blackpool. But uh, if Ward is out for a while, if Herrett, you know, can't even help on the bench, uh, then I think it's probably time to bring him in. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, I think Daddy Legs kind of posted earlier on, it's good. It's, it's like she said, oh, yeah, Redoni coming back with a nice surprise for us all, and it was because obviously no one had yeah. a clue when – He's very coined in his press conference and stuff, but it makes it hard to have this discussion, really, because like you said there, is Ward fit? Had a post on Instagram, he looked knackered to me, mate. do not look like I'm maybe seasoned over or, you know, not far off that Easter or something. But again, you're just guessing with a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's just good to see Matos, you know, coming in pretty quickly. And yeah, let's move on to the discussion, really, on, on the, the games coming up, because... The trouble is that with these signings, they need. When you think about last year, Cambiere, he kind of wow fit was he obviously knocked out with a back disaster with the fitness, and we we haven't got time to mess about because these you know Leo's mentioned there, these are probably defining games. The Plymouth game is massive, and I've got to talk to people like that. I think it's almost like an easy, not an easy win, but this is going to be a win for us. Town Plymouth's got a lot of goals, you know, and they won't have any fear coming, mm. mate. And uh, that is far from in a, a, a three points for Town. Then you've got Blackburn. Hopefully, they're still in the same mode that they were on Boxing Day. But Plymouth, Blackburn, QPR, who knows if that'll be on. Depends if they play ball. I'm assuming with Man City might beat us on Sunday. You never know, do you? But <laughs> QPR, Bournemouth on, on Saturday. I don't know whether there'll be two reserve sides. So, anything could happen there. But let's assume that game's on. That's Sunday and Sky TV. So, Plymouth, Blackburn, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday. Our next four games are... I know everything's hyped up massive and this, that, and the other. Well, they are. These games are huge, and these load signings, these need to be. They need to be ready to rumble, mate. Don't. They? Yeah, we need yeah. to get these. I don't know. Closed doors. There's no time. Like it, it, yeah. we can't bring in Florian Camberry this season. Like we we have to get guys who can make an impact. Like right now, it's unbelievable that like. It's just like, really, that list, you know, you have there, Cozy, it's like, oh, well, that's a relegation six-pointer. Oh, that's a relegation six-pointer. Oh, that one, yeah, that one's also a six-pointer. It's uh, just a crazy amount of season-defining games, one after another. Um, and, you know, it, it's tough. It, I, it, you know, uh, I can wait for Magic Wand to move those a few weeks later, once we're maybe a little bit more removed from this injury crisis, once we've got these new signings a little bit bedded in, uh, that would be better. But that's not the way it's worked out. They have to arrive, uh, you know, ready to go. The only good thing is, Jerry, though, for me, is that if these is a, I mean, new on, let's forget about him because it was just a, a eager dust of no one can, but basically there's going to be players coming in who just never really notice your town. They don't really understand probably relegation scrap and stuff. So I'd like to think that they won't be spooked by this, these games and they'll play with a bit of freedom. It's yeah. like, I want to prove myself. This is, I'm all, this is what I'm yeah. hoping anyway. And that as well. But obviously Warnock should with the same group of players because he didn't have a window that he could turn around. But we've got to forget about him because this is how it is. But it's like, and again, yeah. obviously, you know, Chris Green's named those colours to the more outmassed and there's quite a few on there as well. But, Part of me wonders if more will go in, would Matos come? And although that would discuss, I think what I had on your pod, Jerry, where, you know, kind of uh, Matt were reckoning that they'd come or whatever, you know, we're directing the football. But yeah, the, it's, it, I, will I, the Sheffield Wednesday thing really worries me because 
they had some stinking, a uh, couple of stinking results thrown in before these wins at Preston and last night. Oh, I don't, I know they're sending off temper the game, but I don't know if you saw it. But mate, they yeah. they're on a roll. God, God everyone's saying that. Though it's obviously, but but the the place is bouncing, mate. They they thought they were doomed, yeah. mate. They're only three behind us with pretty much same goal difference and stuff as well. So all of a sudden, for vision, it's one spot. Obviously tempered with that QPR who I were talking up. They've had a shocker. They haven't won any of the last six. So Rotherham, where they doomed. But to me, all of a sudden now, there's two spots. You're looking up. Rooney's gone today, so you can't think that Birmingham will mess about and get someone in. So you'd expect them to rise. And the, the yeah. Plymouth game, we've got to try and drag them in. Stoke and whoosh, it's going to be an absolute. I'm on to you. That stuff in it. This. Yeah, that's why the Plymouth game is so important because we, we need to be dragging a couple of other teams down to this level um, because, like you say, Chef Wednesday, they look like they'll get themselves out of it. Um, I mean, I guess QPR had a similar spell um, and everyone thought, oh, they'd just be out of it within a few weeks and they're they're struggling again. So maybe uh, we'll see something similar with Wednesday. But yeah, I think we can't be... I, well, we can't be relying on... Wednesday, Rotherham and QPR anymore, put it that way. I think at least one, maybe two of them will catch us soon, um, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah. There, yeah, I didn't know that. Go on, Matt. Like that. Is, is he Rod Stewart? <laughs> 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 what a hairdo that is. <laughs> um, yeah, but in, yeah, in, no, in, in, in the chair's no good, as we all know. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think these next four games are huge. Um, I mean, we know we can beat Blackburn, so hopefully we'll go into that game with a bit of confidence. And if we can beat Plymouth in the meantime, then even better. I think QPR away will be tough because they're going to be bang up for it. Um, but yeah, we're capable of beating them. And then uh, who, who is it after that, Cosy? Sheffield Wednesday after QPR. If, if that Sheffield Wednesday at home, yeah. Yeah. God, they come thick and fast in these huge games. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a, probably going to be a must win. We won't mention that one after Southampton, but uh, Southampton. You know, Jerry, what would you say to the people that are saying Wayne Rooney's gone with two wins in seventeen or fifteen or whatever it was? Darren Moore, was it? Is it three wins or four wins or whatever? What What would you say to people that are saying we should be doing what Birmingham have done? Go for it, Will. Sorry. Uh, did, did he ask you, you there, Jerry? Sorry. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> well, what, Jerry, what, had, uh, okay. So a lot of people say excuse me, Birmingham, uh, have gotten rid of Rooney after, what was it, three wins in 15? Three, you know, roughly the same record that Moore has at town. I would say Rooney took over a team that was fifth in the table when he came in. I'm not really sure why. I forget the name of the manager they had before. Um, you know, I think what we see both in Rooney and in Moore's situation at Huddersfield is that you don't always have the same experience with managers in different positions. Rooney did fantastic at Derby, right? Like, I don't think there's any arguing about that, like, that they got anywhere near as close to surviving uh, relegation that season under Rooney, uh, I think, surprised everybody. But taking over a team that's fifth on the table and actually, you know, has some support and some talent, uh, which, you know, Darby did not have in a very different situation, uh, you know, from what he had at Darby. And we kind of see that with Moore, where most of his managerial career has been taking over teams that have been challenging for promotion, who have been at the top of the table, Doncaster, 
Wednesday. Uh, you know, not that snippet of time he had at West Brom as the interim guy, but the rest of his career has mostly been trying to get team over the line in promotion. That's not what Huddersfield Town uh, is attempting to accomplish this season, to say the very least. Uh, and so I think there has been a kind of steep learning curve. I think ultimately what I would say, the difference between these two guys, uh, you know, is that that learning curve is so steep for more. Uh, and the squad has been so unhelpful uh, that I think you can give him more slack than I think Rooney deserved uh, at Brum. I, 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 at the same time, you know, the more out folks, uh, if we had not seen what we saw against Blackburn, if we had not seen to some extent what we saw against Burrow, uh, I might be on that side of the fence as well. I, I think the Blackburn game was just absolutely critical for this season. We were talking about, uh, you know, after the Norwich game uh, with Matt and Dave, like, he had to have one of those wins. I personally, it felt like the performances were even more important than the win. If you get another one of these kind of QPR type wins where, you know, you're just kind of hanging on, you know, by the skin of your teeth at home, you know, that's not really going to be all that encouraging. We needed to see that something had changed and against Blackburn, something had changed. And then it seems like it continued to have changed. Uh, over these last couple of games. So I'm encouraged. Uh, I think that encouragement is reason enough uh, to say that there's a difference between Moore and Rooney's situations. Will, uh, Joby McEnough were ramping up the pressure last night after the uh, game by kind of dissing Moore's football compared to Roll and, you know, Podesta. They were kind of criticising Moore, really, like for the style of football, which obviously, you know, will be music to a lot of ears of the uh, the critics of uh, of more of Uddersfield and obviously Rolls uh, kind of football were, were good to, certainly good to watch last night. But does it worry you a little bit, Will, that, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I looked last night, but we've got the same points as we had this time last year under that everyone's friend, Mr. Mark Fothering, mm. with a game yeah. less. Because part of me thinks we're, and I, I, honestly, that scares me a little bit to think we had to win the last six, we won six out of the last nine, didn't we, in a miracle thingy, but it just shows, mate, the work we've got to do where you can look above and you see we're only a few points behind this and they are not, but mate, we need bloody wins, man. We need points where there's yeah. a lot of work to do, mate. Yeah, well, I've actually, I've come with a couple of stats <laughs> that I read today on forum. Um, so under, let's start with Darren Moore. So his record, played 19, won three, drawn eight, lost eight. 17 points. Mark Fotheringham played 21, won five, drawn six, lost 10, and we were on 21 points. So essentially Moore's got two games to get four points or else he'll be doing worse than what Mark Fotheringham was doing. And bearing in mind Mark Fotheringham, ask any town fan, he's probably in the top three worst managers of like the last decade minimum. Um yeah, it's not great. However, um, I think the last few performances, um, and I know they, they don't equate to points, or they didn't equate to points just yet, I, I think it would be daft to sack him now, especially when you've got new players coming through the door. You've seen some performances where it's not going to take much to get get you know get over the line in these sort of games. You've got some easier games coming up. If, if you just tear it up now... I think it's, it's it would probably be a disaster, all the uncertainty. I think there's probably players, for example, Matos, um, who have signed up to more ball, <laughs> God help him, but he, he's come through the door, you know, 
knowing that Darren Moore is going to be his manager. And then if he leaves, you know, if we sacked him tomorrow on, on his first day, then <laughs> what's he going to think? What's other players going to think? So, yeah, the record's bad, but I do, I have started to see some, I call them shoots of positivity. I think we're starting to see some decent performances and I do think we can turn it around under more if we give him, you know, the players and the tools, for want of a better word. Yeah, it's just a bit, this Manchester City game, I don't know how one sees it, but it's just a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Obviously, great day for people and people taking young kids and whatever to see. I, I wonder if Alan mm. will kind of be giving a run out and stuff. Party and thinks it'll be a young team, but it's almost for the for the older generations, like they'll wind it onto the Plymouth game, that's the game that matters, etc. But well, even in a game like that against Dude, we're playing what we don't want is a 7 0, even though it probably means little to Plymouth, it just again just breeds negative. Activity, don't yeah. it, and that as well. And I think, yeah, as disappointing as yesterday was and the Middlesbrough one, I think, I'm not saying people have laid, nailed the cuts to mass like Chris Green and a few others, it's like more out. I know people just won't have him. So, but I think people can see it's been a little bit better. So, what I won't really want to get smashed, smashed on the Sunday, but yeah, I think the main thing is out off the pitch, really, for me in the next week or 10 days. So, let's hope we can get, you know, a few people with Matos in and, uh, yeah, it's kind of. It's honestly, it's just, it's just ground of the year, like day, yeah. isn't it? Again, here we go again, and just seeing that Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know what you thought if you even watched it, but it just might have been the one of the galvanising there, the crowd, the going singing, and do you know what I mean? We we haven't really got that love for more that they have got for uh, for role, and uh, yeah, I don't know where the QPR things are. Good to see from Matt there that you know some big injuries there and stuff. But you look up, obviously Birmingham. Stoke, Plymouth, we can drag into it. There's a few other teams in there, but it's. I'm not looking at others, I'm looking at us. We've got to get us out in order. And like you said, when we can't even fill the bench, mate. And, and like you said, was it Jerry or Andy? I think it was Andy on the vlog. He's like, we're basically playing with 11 players, aren't we? We haven't got a bench. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, poor. But yeah, and that's about it, guys. I think uh, we've gone an hour yeah. and a half. And so, but we have three games to fill. So, when I'm getting ticked off from that for being too long, and that's <laughs> sleep, yeah. that's it as well. But yeah. Will Sterling debut, mate, and that's well a uh, bit of a key hour at the minute off the uh, the bench, mate. And, uh, yeah, that's how we're going to debut anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never cease to be amazed. We are enthusiasm. It's, it's hard enough for me to drag myself 4.9 miles to the stadium, mate, but you're all thousands of miles away, and uh, you've got the enthusiasm like of uh, yeah, like uh, let's hope Alex Matos will have uh, when he comes in as well. But yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your comments. And we will bow out with an American ending. So I'll see you soon. Looking down the dirty old window Down below on Bradley Mills Road The cars rush around I'm parking me things And I'll leave the ground Thursday morning everyone's reading That it's time for a Huddersfield Ownership turnaround I no longer own Huddersfield Town Up the town Town. We'll make it continue Hold this field, town of
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 